This is David Bateson, the voice of Agent 47, and you're listening to the Xbox Expansion Pass. Welcome one, welcome all to episode 122 of the Xbox Expansion Pass recorded on Sunday, March 6th, 2022. I am your host, Luke Lore, the Insipid Ghost. In this episode, we slow down a bit and reflect on the more weighted news of how the Russian invasion of Ukraine has affected the gaming industry as well as the industry's response to that invasion. We'll admire the impressive staying power of Elden Ring and look ahead to some upcoming reviews here on XEP. Enjoy. Yet another week of gaming is upon us and behind us. Welcome to XEP, discussing all things in the Gamerverse as they pertain to the Xbox ecosystem. And as I want to do each and every week, I like to start the show by offering words of kindness to those who have made my gaming week better. And this week, the words of kindness are extended to our game winners from this past week, those who took the time to enter into both the Gunborg and Elden Ring giveaways by dropping their gamer tags either on Twitter or over on YouTube. Directions were in the last episode, and it was really cool to see that people listened and went and checked out and entered that as they did. Now, winners of Gunborg, Big Mad Mo, and Mostly Martinez, I hope you guys enjoy the game. I really like Gunborg. It was really cool to get to uh, interview Rick Powell Studios, and then uh, they gave me some codes to give away, which I passed on to Xbox creators, and then seeing like Project X Talk use that code and then kind of do content on the game, it gave me a warm feeling inside. That was really cool. Uh, but then Mo and Martinez, I sent you guys that out of my own pocket because uh, I really wanted to support those indie devs that were pro- kind enough to provide those codes. It's really, it's really worthwhile in my mind for that one. Uh, and shout out to Matt Valdez, the winner of the Elden Ring giveaway. Seriously, 559 is his gamer tag. Uh, I'm so excited for you to get to check out Elden Ring. And I hope that uh, my advice, as well as the many guys that are now out there, allow you to go into that world as a tarnished into the lands between and discovered this amazing video game that has rather impressed with its staying power for sure. And let's go ahead and transition to that. Pretty simply, Elden Ring is the biggest non-FIFA or Call of Duty launch since Red Dead Redemption 2 in the UK. And we've got those numbers a bit ahead of worldwide numbers. You have to imagine over the next few weeks, we'll get more sales data from NPD charts and whatnot. Some of that data is a bit nebulous because certain uh, communities, certain reportings don't always happen in the digital space. But it's really cool to see that Elden Ring has uh, gathered the attention of far more than just what was once the niche community of Dark Souls players, Bloodborne players, etc. And is now hitting a wider audience. I think they did a lot in this game to allow it to be more accessible than previous titles but if you listen to the last episode i don't think that's enough i think they absolutely dropped the ball in in several spaces as well that said i'm north of 48 40 hours approaching 48 hours in elden ring continuously discovering more stuff Uh, i'm told i'm only 25 hours in not 25 i'm 25 percent into the game which may sway some people off i feel like in beating the first big boss i played an entire game's worth of game So I feel like if you buy the game, even at full price, and you get 25 hours out of it, 
that's a win, at least in my mind, because the quality experience was there from the get-go. I, I absolutely love this game, and it's one of those cases where I heard how many hours it was, and it made me want it more, which is in direct cr- contrast to how I heard how many hours Dying Light 2 was, and I was hesitant. And it's strange how some games can do that, but I think in this case, it, it makes more sense simply on the design philosophy and the discoverability of different parts of the world, for sure. Uh, and just some heated debates, by the way, on the last cast co-op about the validity of that discoverability and whether or not they should be guiding the player a bit more staunchly than they are. And while I disagree with uh, my good buddy Ainsley Bowden uh, and, and his community, oddly enough, that was interesting to get backlash from them uh, privately and publicly, on the way that the player is guided, because they, they are guided, the player is guided in Elden Ring, but it's also very subtle. It's like looking into the background of uh, a Ryan Johnson film like Knives Out and then saying, oh, they told me what was going to happen, but I had to look for this clue and this clue and this clue and this clue and this clue. You know, it, it, that's how Elden Ring tends to guide you. And to me, that's not helpful in terms of a crit path sense, uh, but it is really cool to go back and see like, oh, that was in front of my face the whole time. That's really cool. Uh, so bottom line, I love seeing the success of Elden Ring. It has actually caused me to put two reviews on hold for XEP. I've had codes for Shadow Warrior 3 and Elix 2 for some time now, and I haven't touched either one of them in favor of just playing more Elden Ring. And uh, I, I will absolutely bring you guys coverage on those two games, especially Shadow Warrior 3. I'm very excited to play that one. But simply put, between the, the stresses of the real world and, and just what's been going on, I have only wanted to play uh, two games right now. Fortnite for its levity and, and the fact that I get to jump in with uh, Mr. Badbit and Suddy and just just chill. And then Elden Ring, where I can get lost into that world. Both are the exact kind of escapism I've been wanting. So I'm excited to go into Shadow Warrior 3 because I love the run and gun shooting, t- shooting type uh, stuff that Shadow Warrior 1 and 2 brought. Uh, I'm not necessarily looking forward to the humor. I found that with Borderlands 3, I'd kind of grown out of some of the crass humor in my games. I don't know if grown out it is because I'm certainly not more mature, but I guess I'm just over some of that humor when it's been done to death. I mean, the guy's name is Lo Wang, and I mean, that's clearly a dick joke in and of itself, but I think it's just not as funny as it was in Shadow Warrior 1. So we'll see, but uh, it doesn't matter. That's not why you play that game. You don't play that one for the story. That's one you play for the running gun hype. Uh, and all the coverage of it looks like that's exactly what you're getting. So I'm excited to play Shadow Warrior 3. Uh, Elix 2 on my radar because I never played Elix 1, but it had a really cool cult following. It's kind of like that that perfect double-A caliber game that uh, kind of disappeared from the industry for a bit and has made a comfortable comeback under THQ Nordic. And I like that. I want double-A games to exist. I like seeing smaller devs flex their muscles to play with the big boys uh, without the budget and then you see a lot of creative methods of storytelling and gameplay that way and so i'm interested to see how elix 2 plays out i'm inter- anxious to try it for sure and we'll see if it, it's my cup of tea or not but that's going to be on hold uh, for at least another week right i want to i want to keep enjoying my escapism for a bit longer and much of that escapism has to do with the russian invasion of ukraine which has had global impacts into a number of industries and had a lot of uh, effects on different people and their news feeds, what it is they're seeing, how they're reacting to uh, news, whether or not they're getting it in in real time, whether or not they're just getting, you know, 
quick moments of it. And in large part, a lot of it's very disheartening. However, it has had direct influences and effects on the gaming industry. And that's how we're going to approach that uh, from this particular you know, subject point, we should say. Uh, it looks to me like the gaming industry as a whole has rallied around the idea that Russia is in the wrong for doing its invasion and is kind of adding to the economic sanctions and hurting uh, Russian wallets and, and whatnot in a way that will likely be felt. I think there was there was certainly on, on an economic scale, it didn't seem like Russia was truly prepared for the way the world would respond. And in the gaming quarters, we've seen a lot of, of support from European and Polish studios to suspend game sales in their region. In particular, GOG, uh, good old games. Oh my gosh. The one by PUBG. Oh, let me back up right there because I just psyched myself out on this serious topic. GOG, good old games. CD Projekt uh, Red's kind of publishing firm for PC games. Game sales have been halted in Russia. EA, for their part, is removing Russian teams and microtransactions uh, for the NHL and FIFA franchises. And lots of indie voice studios are uh, kind of lending themselves to the credence of, hey, this is wrong and we're stopping sales or sales of our game are now going towards Russian relief efforts. It's a lot. I mean, it's a whole lot. And it's a good thing, I would have to think, uh, to see so many in the gaming industry rallying around Ukraine. Uh, in the face of this Russian invasion, Sony has gone so far to pull Gran Turismo 7 from launch in Russia. I mean, you have the CD Projekt halting their game sales. Sega has been donating aid to different relief efforts. And Microsoft, for their part, published on the a blog on March 4th, and it was published by Brad Smith, who is a president and vice chair over at Microsoft, that they are suspending new sales in Russia. I'm actually going to read you a a couple kind of snippets from this particular segment. He says, like the rest of the world, we are horrified and angered and saddened by the images and news coming from the war in Ukraine and condemn this unjustified, unprovoked and unlawful invasion of Russia. We are announcing today that we will suspend all new sales of Microsoft products and services in Russia. In addition, we are coordinating closely and working in lockstep with governments of the United States the European Union and the United Kingdom, we are stopping many aspects of our business in Russia in compliance with governmental sanctions, sanction, governmental sanctions decisions, end quote. Let's go ahead and pause there. There's plenty more to be said, and he goes on to uh, detail a number of different philanthropies and uh, ways that they are trying to support the Red Cross over in Ukraine. Uh, but in large part, you're seeing major companies like Microsoft, like CD Projekt, like Sony, uh, essentially remove their support from those regions. Now, in many ways, you have to ask yourself, is this a fair or just service? Because many of the Russian citizens aren't even aware of what's going on. And my answer to that question would be absolutely yes, it's fair and it's necessary. In order to wake people up, if they start seeing the removal of their basic entertainments, they're going to begin asking questions. Uh, if they begin kind of reaching out to the world as a whole, finding out why suddenly gas is, is uh, at, at a massively different price, suddenly different entertainment elements are, are gone and no longer available to them then they wake up to what it is their government's doing and how that's being received. Imperialism has been a massive problem, the United States included in that problem, uh, for 
centuries at this point. But now that we're in a more connected world where we can disperse information instantaneously globally, this allows a, a rallying cry to be heard. And the gaming industry is unique in that it has rallied around a number of different causes in the last 15 years that have motivated people and things for change. You can think about social movements like Black Lives Matter. You can think about uh, different uh, responses to terrorist movements. I'm thinking about an EA uh, story involving Madden sales at one point and then raising money there. Think simply about Extra Life and how those monies get raised to help kids who are in need of of financial support because of their, their massive hospital costs. That is all apples and oranges to war, but it certainly shows that there is a validity and a truism to the idea that the gaming industry wants to help. And that's cool. I like that. I appreciate that. I choose to take the optimistic route, it could be said, uh, in, in this particular sense. Really proud of Sony and Microsoft and CD Projekt and all the indie studios uh, that have come out in support of Ukraine in this particular case, because no one should have to wake up to bombs exploding outside their door. And that, ex that of course, occurs in far more places than just the Ukraine, and we acknowledge that, but um, this is the one that has the attention on it for right now, and there's a lot of ways to kind of manage our way through the emotions that come with with that. You know, it's it's hard to talk about. It's difficult to talk about. I've stuttered several times through because I don't want to misspeak on the wording and I don't want to do unjust value to those who are suffering and still want to speak my mind. You know, it's it's a it's a difficult thing. We struggled through the same thing over on Cast Co-op this past week with Mr. Babbitt and uh, Ainsley Bowden, which was a good struggle to be had for sure. I really, really appreciate that. It's a short episode this week, as I said, and uh, I kind of expected that. It's been a very slow news week as we kind of deal with the news coming out of Russia. More to the point, uh, I've not been playing but so much, so I want to go ahead and get to listener questions. And beyond that, we're going to get out of here pretty quick, guys. Uh, kind of neat. Famous Seamus asks me, what is your impression of the Series S so far? This in response to a Twitter post I made, I did purchase a Series S. It's four downstairs because as my dog ages, she can no longer get up the stairs uh, in nearly as easy a way. And I wanted to be able to game downstairs as well. Well, Famous Seamus, I haven't had a chance to open it yet from the time that, that I'm recording versus when it arrived. Uh, selfishly, here we have another trend here. I've been playing Elden Ring and haven't actually hooked it up. But I'm very excited to, and I will give you impressions. I'll leave your question on the docket for next week. Uh, I'm very excited to check out the Series S, and I'm excited to have one downstairs where I can jump into different games uh, quickly on a whim. I'm anxious to see how quickly cloud saves work, uh, and I'm able to move between the boxes. I'm nervous and concerned about memory because I don't have a memory card for the Xbox devices. Those are a little bit too far out of my price range. I had to wait a bit on getting the Series S. So we'll see. We'll see on that particular front, but I'm excited for sure. Court Lalonde, he says, I'm giving you the keys to the Batman catalog. What game are you making? Oh, man, Court Lalonde speaking right to my soul, especially after I just saw Matt Reeves' The Batman. And, uh, oh, goodness gracious. I tell you this, guys, without exaggeration, The Batman is the best live-action iteration of a Batman movie to date beyond like, like without a doubt i loved christian bale i loved the dark knight especially i loved ben affleck as batman i really liked seeing his version of batman in Zack snyder's version of justice league 
Um, I thought Tim Burton's Batman with, with Michael Keaton was wonderful and fantastic. They're, they don't even come close to the way that this Batman is portrayed. And it's really not a matter of Robert Pattinson. I mean, I'm not going to go any further. I won't spoil anything for you. But it wasn't a matter of Robert Pattinson. It was a matter of the way the story was told. This was a complete through and through Batman detective story. And it was awesome. It was awesome. And I love all of them. You know, I'm not a believer that in loving one means you don't love another. Nah, that's silly. Not silly. I'm really excited for this one. Now, to Court's specific question, I have the keys to the Batman catalog. What game am I making? Well, I'm making a another Arkham-style game where I'm, I'm playing as Batman. The city is dark. And think of it as as Arkham. Uh, how, how, I want Arkham Knight 2, essentially, but not necessarily that storyline. I mean in terms of gameplay. I want a sadistical, psychotic Riddler out there. I want a world devoid of the Joker with the power grab. I want more of that, uh, more puzzle-solving and detective work. I want to deal with the League of Assassins. Maybe they're at war with the Court of Owls in a massive Gotham that is uh, wrought with with crime. I want that world to be living as opposed to the Arkham City and Arkham Knight versions and even Arkham Origins where the city was there, but there were reasons why the citizens weren't out and about. No, I want citizens in this world. Think Spider-Man style, but I want it at night and dark and crime ridden. And I'm having to work and coordinate with my bat team, but I'm Batman. I have a Batmobile. I have the bat plane. I'm using different gadgets. Uh, and it is, think about it like a, a Grand Theft Auto meets Arkham Knight going around the world and doing Batman things. You know, I loved in Arkham Knight where you could eject out of the Batmobile, fly around, do something, call the Batman, Batmobile to you and drop in and they move to another area. I want that with more methods of transportation. I want to know that Robin and Nightwing and Batgirl are out doing their thing. I want to deal with rogue elements where where I'm having to stop Ra's al Ghul or uh, Bane is doing a plot. Perhaps there's an intrinsic war of jokes and riddles going on. That might be really cool to see uh, power grabs and fights between the Riddler and the Joker uh, while navigating stuff from Two-Face. That'd be really cool. Really, really cool. Uh, I thought one of the things they did best in the Arkham series were like the small stories where like Hush was going around and assassinating people in Arkham City. The same with Victor Zaz. I would love to see that kind of stuff going on. So where you have tiered levels of villainy going on, that's what I want from a Batman game. Quite separately, I would love to see Batman in a greater Justice League style game and that would require unreal engine 5 uh, really it'd be cool to see batman as a supporting character in like a, a superman or flash game where you you take one of the super high powered beings in justice league and you have to kind of maneuver into a world in and out of what uh, batman might want you to do i think that'd be really cool as well uh, but that's a lot that's a big question right but i don't think i'm creative enough to see i mean my most anticipated game this year is gotham knights for a reason I want more of that style gameplay, and I just, I don't know if we're going to get it. You know, I'm very curious, very excited. Uh, and I'll say this, in any superhero game, you better get a lot of costume variants. I want to be able to play as uh, Tim Burton's Batman, as Matt Reeves' Batman, Zack Snyder's Batman. I want all of them. Give me all of them, for sure. 
Next question on the docket, sticking with the superhero theme, Mammoth Ego, one of my favorite streamers for sure over on Twitch. I lurk in his streams pretty often because he's talking, uh, he's been playing a lot of uh, Lego Marvel, which has been really cool to watch. And then, of course, he plays a lot of Avengers. He wants to know what I think of the Fear Itself Iron Man and Black Widow skins in Marvel's Avengers and asks if I think that CD Projekt releasing premium comic skins is good or bad for the game. Well, Avengers is absolutely at a tipping point in that the people that designed the game initially aren't there and the team that's working on it now has been trying to repair the damage. And you can see that ongoing. The com- I don't think many of the community truly understand that and what's going on on that front. But as far as the fear itself and comic book skins, it's awesome. They need to find a way to speed up distribution of content in that game, both skins and gameplay content. I have on good authority that is happening, Mammoth. I mean, that is happening. We know we're getting more villain sectors. We know we're getting tiered villain sectors. Uh, We know we're getting a lot more stuff happening. I thought they did a good job rolling out the gear perk changes and explaining why those need to take place. And it was really funny to watch people react to that because if for anybody that's unaware, uh, Destiny 2's raid launched in this worldwide raid race. Uh, it was really cool to watch people like getting in on it, but like it had a ton of problems. And I thought to myself, that's exactly what happens with Avengers and a lot of other games. And certain games get more flack because they deliver in other areas. But it was fascinating to watch the same complaints I've seen levied at Avengers be fired at, in Destiny's direction as well. Nonetheless, the team at CD is working very hard to try and get the game back on track. And they were given a lifeline this year. I really thought this would be the last year. Uh, But I think with the delay of Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League, and the bolstered relationship between CD, not CD Project Up, between Crystal Dynamics, I hope I didn't misspeak earlier, between Crystal Dynamics and Microsoft, I wonder if that's not kind of helping in some way, shape, or form. Because Square certainly is not supportive. We know that. But uh, as for the skin part of it, man, Fear Itself skin looked really cool. I did not pick it up. I kind of held off my wallet. I spent a good bit of money getting the Series S, giving away Elden Ring and Gunborg. So I'm holding off for just a little bit on that one. But uh, yeah, yeah, I'm excited for sure. Let's call it there, guys. I know it's a shorter episode, but in truth, I'd like to go back and play some more Elden Ring. I hope you will take the time to rate the show on whatever podcast service you're using, be it Spotify or iTunes. Uh, I hope that you, if you're listening over on YouTube, you've dropped a subscribe or you've dropped a like, whatever you can do. Uh, Really makes me feel good when people check out and enjoy XEP. That's going to be it for me. Thank you guys for listening. InsipidGhost on Twitter, insipidghost at gmail.com. Take care. Thank you.